Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. We are back after a long hiatus. Uh, my name is Ashley Brandt. And I am Brooke. I am a new co-host to the K-Hole. I am a former Kardashian connoisseur who has fallen off the wagon. So if I make any mistakes, that's why. But you're back. You're back. And you are... You are one of the only people that was on my shortlist to do this. You you were like the shortlist for this. Wow, thank you. Thank you. With all that hype being said, let's talk about all the shit that has happened between the end of season 11 and the beginning of season 12. So much has gone down. Too much. Shit that I could have never predicted has gone down. Truly. I mean, first and foremost, I really I really don't think anyone saw Black China and Rob coming. Did you? No. Oh my god. This was also like very shortly after Rob was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. This was like a month later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like less than a month later. He was hospitalized in December of last year, I think. Yeah, I think I think like around New Year's. Oh my god. Yeah, he was hospitalized around New Year's. Yeah, after not being seen in public for like quite some time. Like maybe he was like photographed driving Chloe's car while Lamar was in the hospital. And prior to that, he had been photographed at LAX like going to Kim's wedding that he then left yeah and then all of a sudden in January Chloe 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 I guess caught him and Black China together and that's when she kicked them out but that's when they went public with their relationship so this all happened so much faster than I could have imagined and I think it happened faster than the rest of the Kardashians realized too oh yeah I feel like no one was keeping tabs on Rob no, and like to Black China's credit, she has, I think, you know, served a really good purpose. Like this relationship, to me, I don't think it's, I don't really think it's all that bad. I know a lot of people feel like she's trapping him or something, but I don't, I don't really know if I, if I, if I buy that because he no. all of a sudden is he was on. He was making the rounds on Instagram. Then he comes. Then he joins Snapchat, which is like the most invasive form of social media. And now he's all out and about, and he wants everyone to see him, and he wants everyone to see him with Black China. And I mean, I don't really think like being in hiding was doing him any good. No, no. Um, but it's, I feel like it's very apparent that he is no longer, like, towing the, like, family PR line, and... Oh, hell no. That's why he's doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least, like, Black China is, like, getting him out and about. He is slimming down. He is eating healthier. Like, that is, that is a lot <laughs> for Rob. That is a lot. That is a lot for him. And I think that historically he's never wanted to maybe be as much in the spotlight as his sisters are and i think i don't i mean 
obviously this is speculation, but I totally think he had to have some sort of breakdown in the last year that just Mm -hmm. totally removed him from this entire situation. And like, I do think that as a family, they all care about one another, especially Chloe and Rob. I know they're really close and they always post, well, at least Chloe always posts those throwback pics of the two of them together when she misses him. So Mm -hmm. I do think that they all care about each other on a deep level, but I don't think Rob ever really wanted this. And I don't think he ever bought into this as much as his older sisters and certainly not as much as Kylie. Yeah, for sure. And if you remember in Rob's last few seasons where he was kind of a regular cast member, he started the sock line, but then was like upset that Chris, he felt like wasn't helping him in the same way that she helps um, his sisters. And then he was thinking about going to law school and kind of following his father's career trajectory. Oh my god, I totally forgot. Well, and then he posted that weird tweet where he was like, going back to law school, hashtag like, go USC, and then USC had to release a statement and say like, he is not going to our law school? (laughs) (laughs) Did he graduate from USC? Yeah, he does have a business degree. I took that tweet as more of a like, shout out to my alma mater for getting me there. But people were confused enough that USC had to say, like, he is not going to our law school. (laughs) I guess, well, let me think through the only ones who went to college are him and Courtney, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Courtney has a degree in theater and Spanish from the University of Arizona. (laughs) I'm sorry. Wait, she has a degree in theater, but she's nervous to go on the Ellen show and she's not a good actress in those snaps I don't know I mean you know maybe Courtney was all about the dramaturgy (laughs) maybe yikes but I I do think that Rob has had a historically semi-antagonistic relationship with his sisters not Chloe but like definitely Kim um he has like been really verbally aggressive with her before that's true he has yeah there was also that weird snapchat of or not snapchat instagram post of his where he like uploaded that photo of Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl and said like what was the caption it was like um that bitch my sister Kim oh my god I totally I remember that now but I forgot. And you know what? I'm about to look on his Instagram right now. And I want to say that last year, if I were to look at his Instagram, it would have taken me two seconds to find this. But since going public with China, his Instagram is like full. Oh, wait. Okay. He only has 45 posts. I think, I guess, I guess he deleted it. He went through a phase where he would like upload something like once every few months and then delete it. But I probably have that screenshotted somewhere. They're they're cute. I'm looking at this Instagram and like, I do think that they're cute together. I feel like that's a very controversial. I feel like that's such a controversial thing to say. But I think, I don't know. I think they're good together. I feel like there's nothing wrong with Rob like getting out and about and like having someone to talk to that's not his immediate family. Like, that can only be good for him at this point. 
I agree. Where I think it might go a little too far is the engagement. I mean, it's not, I don't know. I mean, marriage doesn't mean anything. It's a business contract. Pretty sure any, um, anyone would agree. I mean, that's what I think about it. And I think, in, especially in this family, it's, who cares, you know, if they get married. Because yeah. they'll get divorced and it'll be it'll be no big thing but i guess mm-hmm. I, is that what is is the fact that uh soon to be angela kardashian is the fact that she wants to marry rob what's so off-putting to people or is it because she used to be kim's best friend or is it because kylie's dating her ex boyfriend who's the father of her child is it a combination of all of these things that's what i'm trying to understand whenever I think about the sort of animosity that I see on the internet surrounding Black China and Rob's relationship. Yeah, but I do feel like everyone has forgotten that Kim and Black China were friends. Oh, totally. I mean, they they act like it never happened, or at least Kim acts like it never happened. And so I think if Kim forgets about it, then somehow the collective unconscious or the collective conscious must forget about it as well Mm-hmm. yeah i and i do feel like it's so strange that the family is attempting to paint like kylie and tyga as though they're this very healthy cute normal relationship that we're supposed to root for and tyga's like a supporting cast member now when they met when she was 14 i know i just rewatched that episode recently when he performed at what was it like Kendall's birthday? Kendall's sweet, Kendall's 16. sweet sixteen. Uh yeah. See, this is just like I don't even like to. I don't even like to acknowledge like Kylie and Tyga's relationship. Like I don't even like to acknowledge it as real because I'm so grossed out by it and it's so predatory. And I just don't. I don't see why i mean i think about kylie used to date uh jaden smith right yes okay that's an age-appropriate relationship yep sure they were dating when they were like 14 or 15 and like that doesn't mean anything but like they're the same age right yes so why doesn't chris who has her her marionette strings firmly attached to every single member of this family why did she let this get so far in terms of like i just don't see how one kylie and tyga could have a a, nor- a healthy relationship and two how you know this could actually help them in terms of their relationship to the media i don't i yeah. just don't really understand that well they're normalizing it in such a weird way and like chloe used to give interviews where she would talk about losing her virginity at 14 to an older guy and how it was really bad and like not a good experience for her but she did a complete 180 and went on another talk show a couple of months ago where she was like oh yeah like kylie's not a normal 18 year old she's working all the time like yeah kylie owns a house but like she's not an adult she doesn't need to be a stepmom at 18 oh my god see i like totally forgot that he even 
has a kid. I already I said it and I already forgot that he is that kid. <laughs> that completely adorable little boy with poor, white china. I know. Poor poor king. Poor what is his name? King Cairo? Yeah. Oh man. I, I feel like the only person looking out for a king right now is black china. That's it. Oh, for sure. Like I have never seen Kylie and King together ever. No, not even on Snapchat. And the amount of times that you see Tyga with Kylie on Snapchat or, you know, any other place on social media, it's just like I mean, and maybe <laughs> the thing is like I want to say maybe Black China wants to keep him away from all of that, but then I'm thinking no, because she's about to marry Kylie's brother. And so now Rob is going to be the kid's stepdad, and Kylie's, if she ends up marrying Tyga, is going to be his stepmom, and Tyga's going to be this child's uncle and father. Like, there's too many Oedipal layers of, like, I can't even talk, <laughs> I, I can't, like, I can't even think it through because it's such a huge mindfuck, and it shouldn't be happening. I know. It, it really shouldn't be happening. And the the thing that shouldn't be happening is Kylie and Tyga. There's literally nothing wrong with Rob and Black China's relationship. I know things got a little weird in the beginning when she was arrested at the Austin airport for public intoxication, but like TBH shit happens. And then Rob valiantly drove there in his Bentley to rescue her. Yeah. That's true love. True love. No, there there's nothing wrong with their relationship and not only does the media, well, I, I mean, it's not the media. I think it's the general response and of the fans, I think are painting it as this sort of antagonistic relationship. But then it's just like not enough people are critical of of Kylie and Tyga's relationship, I don't think. No. no and that's so not at surprising all. to me when I don't know it's just really surprising to me that not enough people are critical of this relationship but they are super critical of black China and I wonder you know what that says about the way that our culture views black women and black femininity and you know they see her as this former video vixen stripper and they think that she's I don't know, like I said earlier, maybe like trapping Rob in this relationship. Meanwhile, they don't see anything predatory about Kylie and Tyga's relationship. And then they also don't see how like messed up that is. But I mean, it's the, some of the criticisms that I feel people have about Black China are the same criticisms that people have had about Amber Rose. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because of their profession. The- or the way they look, mm-hmm. but it to me is the same vitriol that I think I'm seeing. Yeah, for sure. And I love Black China and Amber's friendship so much. They are like my faves. I am always Team Amber Rose. Oh, for sure. She's honestly never wrong about anything. No, she's not. And she really. I mean, I just, like, I'm such a huge fan of hers. I'm not saying that I'll download her emoji app, because I don't have... (laughs) I don't have an extra 99 cents, and I don't have room in my phone. But I'm totally, like, sure, I'm Team Amber. I mean, I don't support pitting Amber and Kim 
or Amber and no, Kanye and I against don't th- each other. Yeah, and I don't think Amber is either, which is why I respect her so much. Yeah, it seems you know. like Amber has an understanding of this entire situation that is so much more nuanced and sensitive <laughs> than yeah. someone like Kanye, you know, or other people who are very critical of her. Yeah, for sure. I have that, um, so that selfie that Kim and Amber took together, that is like my lock screen on my phone. <laughs> Well, and then, okay, so that's the, that's the other thing. The, the, I, I wonder what, what there is to be said about, like, the power of two women who are reportedly, um, you know, antagonize one another, taking it into their own hands to take a selfie, like a self-portrait of themselves and disseminating that into the media and to their fans. So, like... Amber and Kim taking that selfie together with the T and the frog caption. So, like, obvious cultural reference mm-hmm. there for people who get it. And then right. later, Black China and Kylie both snapping, you know, selfies of themselves on their Snapchat saying, like, we're best friends, this is my sister, etc. I think that's, a, I think that's yeah. a powerful move. I mean, like... I don't want to get into like For sure. selfie feminism or whatever, but I just think that it's they have agency in that situation, which I respect and appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that those selfies are doing a lot to change the narrative. And I think puts us in an interesting place as viewers having seen those recent Kylie Black China snaps. Um, and then rolling into this episode where we kind of see Black China introduced as a villain. And I want to be the first to say that I think that they are moving towards some kind of resolution. And I think that Rob and Black China are not in on it, but are like in on it, more or less. Because this episode aired without either black china or rob going on social media twitter or snapchat and like condemning the presentation of them and their relationship in this episode that's very interesting yeah because if they were not in on it um i think black china uses social media enough and rob is maybe hot-headed enough to have the sort of response to like tweet out like I don't think this is fair the way that I'm being represented and if neither of them did that then I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the end of this season will end with a sort of acceptance of their relationship in the family yeah that's what I would think I would think that like they have probably sat down with like Chris Jenner and Ryan Seacrest and kind of laid out their terms for agreeing to like appear on the show and to be portrayed in a certain way i think scott for years was like very okay with being portrayed as the villain and i think that that's a decision that they do make behind closed doors as they're setting up the season and as they're editing their footage like what are the major arcs who's going to be the villain and i think that i don't think that anything going on with them is fabricated that's not what i'm trying to suggest but i think that there is like 
a resolution on the horizon and i think it could very well be rob getting released from his e-exclusive contract and like rob and black china getting their show oh i don't i don't want them to have a show I don't want I think them they're to. going to though. Yeah. I mean they probably I will. That to. happened with Chloe and Lamar. And now Oof. oh man. I we'll say we'll bracket that for now. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this episode and where it falls in the timeline of like crazy shit that has happened in the family in the last year. So this episode is called out with the old, in with the new. Very appropriate title for the narrative that we are given. Um, I'm thinking that this takes place in early February because in the first few minutes, uh, Kim says, you know, something like, I, I just had my son Saint two months ago and he was born December 5th of 2015. So I'm assuming that this takes place in early February and what I really should do is probably go back and look at Kim's Instagram and find that outfit she wore or find Chloe's outfit because I remember yes. when both of them yes. were wearing those I know that was a very like distinct outfit totally. although Kim did have those braids for a really she long time she had the braids for a while she's been doing the braids for a minute um, and Chloe had the short hair but like those jeans and like her shirt I mean she looks she looked amazing. Everyone looked good in this episode. I will say everyone looked like they were on 100. But everyone was telling Chloe that she looked good, which I think was very like, don't worry, like, Chloe's going to be the hot one now. Yeah. I mean, when Chris first saw her, Chloe was like, I just ate a bag of chips. And Chris was like, we'll eat another one. You look good or something like that. And I, which Chris would not have said five seasons no, ago. Absolutely not. Oh, I'm getting sad thinking about the ways in which their like portions must be controlled by their mother. Like not to, I mean, oh, oh man. I mean, well, and you know, in this episode, food played a pretty, it always plays a big part. I think food is always really important to them and their family, and it seems like they're always like snacking or having one of those salads that look really good with that like mango tea. You know what I'm talking about? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But this this episode was really focused on like healthy eating in a way, which is interesting because that I don't I agree. I don't think Chris would have said you know, five years ago to Chloe, like, go ahead, have another bag of chips. I don't think she would have said that. No, no. And it's, it's, and then Kim sends Chloe that picture of Chloe on the show a couple of years ago. That's just so purposeful. The framing of that moment and Chris saying eat another bag of chips and I don't really know what it's supposed to be saying there was an episode last season about Chloe being anxious about doing sexy photo shoots and I don't know if this is supposed to signal like we're over that now Chloe is the sexy one I mean I think so because 
or like this what? This is also right after her book was just launched because in this episode she's flying to New York. Oh, that's true. To do I'm, I don't know. I guess she's talking at a bookstore, doing a book signing, probably Barnes and Noble or something in New York City. And I mean, I don't have the book, but I'm. It is all about like workouts and healthy eating and stuff. It's like a like a body book, right? Yeah, they are changing her branding. I thought about getting her app so I could do her workouts and then I was like no I don't have that money I don't have that money and you know it's really sad because I would pay I if I had the money she's the one that I would like to look like like <laughs> but I can't real I can't pay for their apps that's a whole other thing it's like their universe and their empire expands so so widely and and it, it, on one hand, it's like I, they do work hard. I think they are laboring, and they should be compensated for their labor. Uh, some of their labor mm-hmm. that they do is emotional labor, and I think, you know, it's dismissive to say that that's not work when it is. But yeah, absolutely right. And so, so much of their empire depends on them giving us content for free. You know, like we yeah follow them on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and even watching television. I mean, that's free to an extent too. I mean, they do get paid for it, but Mm -hmm. you know, so when they have something like an app or, you know, Kimoji or whatever, I feel like I'm so, or like Kim's game with the in-app purchases, like I am so reluctant to pay for that. And this is something that I think, maybe is this is a product of celebrity culture in general i think a lot of celebrities deal with this which is that like you know part of their labor is to sell their image and sometimes you know spectators assume that we can consume that image for free like in perpetuity throughout the universe you know but obviously that's that's not fair yeah yeah absolutely and i think that that really puts a lot of the criticism about the Kardashians as famous for being famous into perspective because they are I mean like sometimes I'm like what what do you mean you're going to work but everything they do is so choreographed and so well planned out and it it does take a lot of time and monetary investment and the idea that they should see a return on that investment investment is not out of the question by any means totally i mean celebrities and especially the kardashians and like you know even within the kardashians they each have a different role in 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 doing this but they do carry out some sort of affective labor like they are producing an emotional response in us um whether you hate them or love them or if you're neutral you can't avoid them anyway because they do work hard at you know producing some sort of affective labor affective labor i think um and like that's just something that that's something that that's why we have celebrities right you know that's why we have stars and hollywood and all of this stuff because it makes us feel some type of way and you know whether they do that through the medium of television or snapchat or films it it kind of doesn't matter because they're still producing an effect in us as a spectator i think and so i totally agree that you know it's not out of the question that they should want to be 
compensated but at the same time i'm broke so like no i'm not gonna spend i don't know how much can i don't know how much their app costs but if i had it's like three dollars a month it adds up fast see that adds up like five dollars a month yeah five times how many are them five that's 25 oh, God. A month. that's more than spotify that's more than netflix i can't do it so no. i unfortunately can't see any of chloe's workouts or any of kim's what are they called when she like not like i don't know what it's called when something about like secret or something when she like has yeah. like, guests and it's a whole oh, production yeah. too because kylie is always snapchatting the production of things that they're going to have on their on their app so mm-hmm. it does it does take it does seem like it takes a lot of effort for sure for sure they're definitely putting a lot of effort into that i do wonder how much they're making relative to their investment but that's probably another discussion probably oh there's so much to talk about i mean i know well i want to talk about how their media strategy kind of fell apart in the last year totally i think this episode was all about damage control and sort of repositioning themselves in relation to the media um which we saw with this sort of like i think it was sort of like an onslaught of all of these interviews that chloe and courtney were doing not really not necessarily kim or chris or kylie um mm-hmm. but they all i mean there was howard stern andy cohen people magazine ellen degeneres all of these media outlets and and chris is sort of orchestrating this repositioning of them in relation to the media i think with like the media as the main villain of this season and maybe that's because their strategy fell apart last year yeah i think that they were in this transitionary phase like about a year ago where they were kind of trying to become more exclusive and they were getting the vogue covers and that's I think that's kind of how moving from D-list to A-list works, is you make yourself really available and really ubiquitous, and then you make yourself a commodity and place a higher value on on your image and, and how accessible that is and like what your image represents. And I think that as the Kardashians moved from like, we will endorse anything to we only appear on the cover of Vogue, 2015 was a huge misstep. Totally. I also think, and this was something that was mentioned in the episode, I think Caitlyn threw a wrench in their plan. And I think, especially with the Diane Sawyer interview, I think that, you know, the Diane Sawyer interview and the Vanity Fair cover, and it, it removed some of the attention from the main, you know, you know Kardashians like Kendall, Chloe, Kylie, Kim, Courtney. Um, excuse me, and the, it focused the attention on Caitlyn, and because she didn't warn them or tell them what she was doing, I think that really took Chris off guard. I mean, not that I'm not saying I think Chris definitely knew it was going to happen. She knew Caitlyn was going to come out and do the interview with Diane Sawyer. I think, but I think that she didn't really fully grasp like the fact that now that they have this you know essentially new family member 
they can no longer try to be exclusive because in order to relate to the American public, they're going to have to be more inclusive in a way, you know? Well, and I think they didn't expect Caitlyn to have her own agenda. And as she's kind of come out as her own public person, it's become very apparent that she's not content to be a supporting character on Keeping Up with the Kardashians anymore. You know, she has her own causes. She says things I don't agree with necessarily, but she's doing, she's trying to do a lot of good work and make herself distinct from the family. And she's not afraid to criticize her experience as a closeted trans woman and the way people treated her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I, I really think that and this is maybe why they all except for well, I'm trying to remember I'm trying to think back to the Diane Sawyer interview and the the sort of what was the name of the special that they did last summer? I think they titled it About Bruce. Yeah, that right? was the Kardashian okay. version. Okay, that was the title. Yeah. So, uh, all right, they said About Bruce. Um, I remember Kim sort of being the only one to, like, fully, just immediately be fully accepting yeah. of this transition. Um and still, I think Kim is the only one who kind of is just, like, very progressive, mi- progressively minded in that respect. Yeah, I think a lot of the family took Caitlyn's transition really personally, which was very extra and unnecessary. Oh, totally. Especially when it with Chloe. Like, especially Chloe being... And that comes back this I mean, episode. All Chloe does is, like, start fights with Caitlyn now. Right? And, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what Caitlyn did, really, in those texts, what she said in those text messages to Chloe. And maybe she did talk shit about Chris. And sure, I understand Chloe being on the defensive about that. But it seems like an unnecessary... It was, like, it was just, like, such an unnecessary little, like, extra mini plot that they tacked on at the end. And I feel like maybe that was to introduce just to sort of give us a little like transition into the next episode, which I think will focus more heavily on Caitlyn um, based on the previews. But it just seemed so extra and unnecessary for Chloe to be having this whole, I don't know, little argument or fight with Caitlyn over the phone or with getting Chris involved. I don't know. I wasn't a fan of that whole situation. No, and it's... What's just so absurd to me is before Caitlyn came out and kind of, like, asserted herself as her own person, they did so many episodes where it was like, oh, haha, Caitlyn moved out of the house for three days and no one noticed, or like, haha, like, Chris won't let Caitlyn use her own money. Like, she was... Chris's treatment of Caitlyn was the butt of jokes for so many seasons. For a decade! (laughs) They wouldn't let Caitlyn play with her, like, I don't know, like, toy helicopter. Like, I can't even... There's so many layers. First of all, you're infantilizing. Second of all, I mean, like, it's like, I don't don't even know how to approach this topic because it's like, for a full decade, Caitlyn was the butt of jokes. Always. I mean, like, that was something that I think the show fell back on a lot was they could rely on some sort of comedic relief there. Mm-hmm. 
And then all of a sudden, Caitlin was like, oh, no, no, I'm doing my own thing. I'm an actual person. This is my experience, and I have an agenda. And like you said, I don't agree with everything that she says, but she clearly has a sort of separatist agenda right now to sort of remove herself from the Kardashian brand. But not completely, because without the Kardashian brand, would she be, you know, as... I don't know, prolific as she is now, probably not, even though she's an Olympic, you know, medal winner. Right, right. So when the family, like, gets mad at Caitlyn, they never acknowledge their own wrongdoing. They just say that Caitlyn shouldn't talk about it in the media, which is the shittiest thing to do to someone you've been awful to. It's extremely controlling. And, and limiting and restricting and not really much of an apology. No, there's, I mean, there's no apology. All they say is like, well, we didn't know. <laughs> Don't be mean to our mom. Oh, my God. Don't be mean to our mom, That's... but then we're going to talk shit about her in front of her and behind her back for an entire, <laughs> and it'll be the focus of an entire episode. Like, what? Just constantly, yeah. Ugh. Okay, but let's let's talk about Kylie, Kendall, Rob, Black China, and an iPad. <laughs> I think that this was this moment was definitely very extra, but for anyone who has siblings, I think it was very relatable because I've definitely been in Kendall's position. I've been in Rob's position. I'm not often in Kylie's position, but you know, this felt like a very real sibling moment. And what I think made it real was when, um, when Kylie told Kendall that Rob gave the iPad that Kendall gave Rob as a present to his new girlfriend, Black China. I think when Kendall's, when Kylie told Kendall to call Rob and Kendall asked him for the iPad back and she said, Bible, I was like, whoa, because we haven't heard that in a long time <laughs> as a Kardashian phrase. Yes. And I think, I think she was really pissed about this. Yeah. Well, again, because they've positioned like Kylie as the victim and Rob and Black China as the instigators. But also, I feel like at that level of wealth, an iPad is like one of the most impersonal gifts you can give chump change unless it was like i don't know maybe maybe it was like monogrammed or something but it's totally it's totally like giving someone a i can't even think i can't even think i'm trying to think on my level what the equivalent of an ipad is for the kardashian i feel like i feel like it might be like a gift card seriously i was gonna say gift card that's like a target gift card or a best buy gift card yeah, because, like, what... Okay, what would Rob use an iPad for? Just, like, watching stuff, I, I guess? I guess like, he doesn't have a specific... inventory for his socks. I don't know. Probably. There's a special sock designing program on the iPad. I mean, like, yeah, it's shitty to re-gift, but we've all done it. And we've all received a gift that was <laughs> a re-gift. And I think 
Kylie instigating this situation. I just see a little like mini Chris in her when she does this stuff, you know? I'm like, this is definitely her picking up on the way that her parents, um, especially her mother, Chris, interacts with family members and sort of controls people and situations, but removes herself so that she's not implicated in, in any of this. Yeah. Ugh. I thought it was hilarious, though. <laughs> I know. It's so petty. It's so petty. I mean, an iPad is nothing. And then she says, wait, what does Kendall say? She's like, send me the link. Send me the link, bro. And it was just so... You can see Kylie laughing. You're, I'm sure Kim was on the other end laughing. I don't know. It was funny. Yeah. This is sort of presenting China as a passive villain because she she has her agent, Rob, basically, to do the speaking for her in this situation. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. And I think this is, this is the scene where Kim... I can't remember if it's Kim or Kendall. One of them says, Rob is dating someone who has a vast history with my family. That sounds like something Kendall would say. Yeah. But then Kim also says something, like, kind of disparaging about Black China. Again, surprising because they were friends literally two years ago. And, like, I, I really thought that Kim was going to sort of sit that out. And I... And I I don't know. I mean, like, it, it was barely two years ago that she and her mother and Black China were going to a pole dancing class together. And I think, was that also around the same time that Kim posted one of those selfies with Black China and people were, like, totally up in arms because it was, like, photoshopped, like, she photoshopped her ass or something, or her yes. waist? Yes. Okay. Yes. See, yes. I told you I was, oh I've fallen off the wagon, but I follow them all on social media, so, like, not really. But I remember that. And that was not too long ago. So glad you know. And like, I don't know. It just seems, that's why I think, that's why I think that by the end of this, we're going to have some sort of resolution. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, agreed. This is just a taste of what's to come, it seems. Speaking of out with the old, in with the new, and damage control, should we talk about scott trying to get his life together in this episode (laughs) yeah that was another wheel that fell off of the 2015 pr wagon scott and courtney broke up and scott just lost his shit he was like very visibly probably cheating on courtney in public and then like cavorting around miami with 18 year olds i just Part of me does feel really bad for him because there was a moment um, he and Chris go out to lunch together and they have a real like mother-son moment, I think, when <laughs> when Chris is reading everything off the menu and Scott says, you know, I can't really decide what I want when you're reading every item off the menu. I thought that was cute. Um, <laughs> and then she chose a kale Caesar, which I don't know why that's so important to me. Maybe because I like to eat the kale Caesars at Sweetgreen. This is not a... <laughs> Not a uh, not a plug because they don't sponsor or anything, but 
They I could. Love sweet green. They could. Sweet green, if you're listening, please sponsor us. I love your salads and grain bowls. Yes. Um, but I think, like, you know, Chris asked him something like, how are you doing? And he said, well, you know, physically I'm fine, but emotionally I'm always fucked up. And that was just so sad to hear. Yeah, I don't know if you remember much of or like we're watching right after scott's parents died but during that whole period i was like very much on scott's side because i felt like courtney wasn't giving him the support that he needed but i mean he really spiraled in the last year he really did i mean and i really think that if he didn't have you know the three kids that he has I think that I don't even I honestly don't think he'd like still be standing because he, he has addiction issues and you know a lot of problems and I don't know I just I feel like the only re- only thing that's keeping him from the only thing that keeps him waking up every, in the morning every day yeah. I think, is his children and at this point it seems like getting back into Courtney's good graces is another motivating factor for him. For sure. I mean, because he didn't... He didn't really interact with anyone besides Chris in this episode until they went shopping to furnish his home, and then Courtney showed up for a minute and said, I'm happy to help Scott as a friend, which I was like, oh, damn, that's harsh. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, he didn't... I don't even think... Were there were there any scenes where he was interacting with Mason and Penelope and Rain? Rain, who is the literal uh, Gene Draper of this empire, because I always... Oh I know God. he's a baby, but I always forget about him. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that's so accurate. Rain is the Gene Draper, I'm telling you. No, you're so right. Mason is the Sally Draper, though. Unexpected. I don't know who Mason is. Mason isn't Sally Draper. Yeah. North North is Sally Draper. Yeah. North is Sally Draper, for sure. Mason, to me, feels... He's not Bobby, but he feels a little bit like... um, (laughs) This is totally off topic. But, you know, in, like, season six, I guess it's when... Like, a neighbor? It's not a family member. When that neighbor comes to visit and she, like, goes to New York... She goes to St. Mark's. She runs away. She's, like, a violinist who's supposed to go to Juilliard or something. Oh. Oh, yeah. Is that Mason? Who, like, is going to get turned... I don't know. I have to think about this a little bit more. Yeah. That's that's a loaded question right now. I really want to do my astrology episode with my housemate Nick and talk about the two generations of Kardashian Jenners and their astrology because mm. this family is about to go from being like Scorpio stacked to Sagittarius stacked as a Sagittarius I can tell you I am not a big fan of Scorpios so <laughs> I don't know see I'm a Virgo so all I know about um, astrology is whatever I need to know about my own sign. So that I... is that is straight up some Virgo shit, though. <laughs> See, I figured. I figured. 
but uh look let's look forward to that on a later episode we're talking about courtney coming to pick out dishware or whatever with scott and then just being like i don't know she peace i have to meet chloe yeah she did make a, a good point though about having a knife set that uh that you keep in the drawer and not on the counter so that the kids can't grab it <laughs> that's how i know she's a good mom that's very true that's very true do you remember that first episode where um scott and chris hung out as a duo no when was this it was during oh my god it was during the best season of all courtney and kim take new york when kim was married to chris humphreys and oh my god kim or no chris came to town and she was doing good morning america and she wanted someone from her family to go with her to good morning america and it wasn't going to be courtney because she was going to be with mason kim had her own shit going on she was not going to ask chris humphreys so scott ended up going and they like did shots and we're like oh my god we're having so much fun you're so much fun just up at like five in the morning on good morning america wow scott really doesn't have any friends does he i mean that sounds so rude but what i'm getting from this is that he doesn't have any friends no he has only ever hung well he has like a couple of friends that we see that aren't in the family but he's primarily hung out with rob a little bit of lamar and now apparently tyga as we see in the previews for the upcoming season that's just so inappropriate well he hangs out with chris brown too right (sighs) that's also right the family is (laughs) that is also correct the family is like weirdly friends with chris brown or like the younger jenner girls specifically i was gonna say i feel like every time i watch kylie jenner's snapchat i hear that bryson tiller song that i don't ever want to hear again or i hear some chris brown song that i also don't ever want to hear again and well lately they've been playing lemonade a lot and drake views but yeah i don't know their relationship with chris brown is suspect to me i don't understand it i don't it's it also seems to me is kendall i guess kendall's friends with like the odd future crew yeah she is because they've been in some snaps lately i think i think she's friends with like tyler and taco i don't know listen i don't even (laughs) i don't even all i know is what i see on snapchat really and i think they're friends but i don't really care about that what i care about is scott finally getting back into everyone's good good graces because i think i think he really needs it he really does and yet he doesn't show up for the family dinner at the end of the episode it's just, you know, I don't know where to begin with him. I don't know, is he going to be okay by the end of this season? Because I'm trying to think right now, it's May. This was filmed in February. When he and Courtney were hanging out to pick out tea kettles or whatever, it seemed like they were fine. I don't know currently, though, IRL, if they're like still okay. 
I mean, I, I think a few yeah. weeks ago they uploaded, they Snapchatted something like joking about getting back together. And Courtney was like, absolutely not. Yeah. So I don't think they're getting back together like in the next year, probably. I do feel like they will get back together at some point. Oh, eventually. That is just a feeling that I have. Yeah. I think they're meant to be at some in some way. And they're forever bound by their children. So Yeah, even I if- think that eventually... honestly, I think eventually Courtney is gonna want a fourth kid. And like that will be it. Really? You think she's gonna want another child? Yeah, she just kept having kids. I don't know why she would stop at this point. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's like, what's one more? And they have so yeah. much help well, that it, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if Scott actually does step up and, like, do the dad shit, like, I, I think it'll happen. But, I mean, one of the questions on, on everyone's mind in this episode is, are Chloe and Lamar back together? Mm. You know, I don't think they're back together, but I think... I, some part of me feels like Chloe's like still like in love with him but also she has she she seems to have some sort of like instinct or like inclination to want to take care of people oh yeah and she's she's know, a cancer so yeah she's like his caretaker I mean she said he can't sleep alone and so when she flew to New York I guess she had a bodyguard stay with him and sort of help him because he, you know, was hospitalized and it's a miracle that he's alive. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I mean, romantically, do I think they're together? I I don't think so. I mean, she helped him get his house, furnish his house. And I think that's great, but I don't think they're together romantically. Yeah. With gratuitous product placement from Bear Homes or whatever, Meredith Bear Homes. That was really weird. And now I'm looking up... (laughs) I'm looking up Meredith Bayer home online right now. She has a 3.9 out of 4 stars on her Google reviews, so good for her. Interesting. Those... There were just a couple of moments that really felt like I was suddenly watching an HGTV show, and they were like, oh my god, I love it so much. It looks so good. Like, what? (laughs) That was yeah. literally stolen from a TLC show. Yeah, well, it says here that Meredith Bayer does home staging. So. Oh. Uh, whatever. Well, then. <laughs> whatever that and means. Her... I hope I'm looking at the right Meredith Bayer. I'm assuming. No, you totally their... are. You definitely are. I'm going to look on their blog and see if they have anything about being featured on the Kardashians. Oh. Meredith Bayer home on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yep. She only has a 3.5 on Yelp. <laughs> I don't know Bayer, if I would trust please that. Sponsor, <laughs> please sponsor this podcast. I don't know. My apartment could use some sprucing up. That's... Uh, I would. I would film a before and after reaction to get some furniture out of it. For sure. I mean, and the thing that Chloe, the the point that Chloe made was she was like, well, we're really big people. Lamar is seven feet tall. We need big furniture. 
And it's like, is there a big and tall for furniture? I don't know. I'm a very small and short person, so I don't have this issue. (laughs) Yeah. I buy step stools. Let's see. Is Meredith Bayer also... Oh, Meredith Bayer is also a... I'm sorry to be on this Meredith Bayer tip for too long, but she's also an actress, screenwriter, and interior designer... Oh, I know. Oh, I know. On I'm on... June 1st, 2013, HGTV premiered a television show about Bayer and her company titled Stage to Perfection. That's according to Wikipedia. I did not make that up. Whoa. Oh, my God. Okay. She grew up on the Ooh. grounds of San Quentin State Prison, where her father was the associate warden. I am now endlessly fascinated with Meredith Bayer. Stay tuned for further updates on Meredith Bayer and her sponsorship oh of this podcast can i say two more things quickly about meredith bear and then we can yes. move on tell me everything this is a, again according to wikipedia bear dated the author michael crichton who what? wrote jurassic park married and divorced a photographer and found herself in 1991 on a blind date with the english actor patrick stewart they got engaged shortly after that but broke up two years later okay you know what Meredith Bayer is in my good graces right now because she seems to have had a fascinating life. Wow. Okay. Honestly, I want to call it. I think that that episode was a backdoor pilot to something. Ooh. I think so. Because the HGTV show for her was 2013 and it is now 2016. And in reality TV years, that's like a decade. So. Yeah. If, If it doesn't have its own Wikipedia article by now, it's not currently airing. It'll be soon. I wonder yeah. now. I are HGTV. What media company are they a part of? That is a good question. Scripps Network um, Interactive. Sister channels include Cookie Channel, DIY, Food Network, Travel Channel. But I just want to know Scripps Network Interactive. If they own. No. Okay. They don't own, they're, they're not any way, in any way, I think, affiliated with E! or Bravo or NBC. Do you think that Meredith Bayer could be trying to move over to an E! show or an E! affiliate show? I think so. I think Meredith Bayer figured out that this was the avenue that she needed to, to go through. Very smart. Yeah. I think she's moving on from HGTV. Let's let's place our bets now. I what are the what are the other e affiliate networks? Maybe Bravo. I think Bravo. I think because they might all be um, NBC Universal, but I let me check because I I'm wondering. I'm trying to remember, okay, this is my only claim to fame, and by fame I mean like minor, minor Instagram and television spot, but when I met Harry Styles, former Bo yes. Jenner, in December, mid-December of 2013, I was contacted by a reporter who worked at E! News, and if I believe, if I remember correctly, her email address ended in like an NBC Universal um, oh, I think. Well, I'm gonna check because 
They're part okay, of Comcast. I, yeah, yeah, Comcast. They're in the Comcast building, and their sister channels are E, Esquire Network, NBC, and Oxygen. Honestly, I could see Meredith Bayer on Oxygen. Ooh, I can see Meredith Bayer on Oxygen. I can see, I can see Meredith Bayer on Oxygen. I can see a lot of middle-aged moms really digging that show yes yes so let's see where this goes Hmm. yeah lamar is kind of the going back going back to what we started talking about lamar is kind of the final wheel that fell off of the wagon in 2015 um lamar had obviously been going through like a publicly tough time um and then had a medical emergency um, in Nevada, um, and has since seemingly like had a miracle recovery. But that was another moment where the family was really pushed into this position of vulnerability that I do not think they wanted to be in. I agree. And I think it's really, I don't know. I'm very interested in Lamar being discovered unconscious at a brothel. I think that there's something there mm-hmm. um, about this site where, you know, female sexuality is sold, consumed, profitable, but in a, I mean, brothels are legal in uh, Nevada, I think, but in a, you know, somewhat more illicit uh, sense than the way that female sexuality is sold via reality television. Um yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that that really threw I think that's what also threw them off guard a little bit. Just the fact that that's where he was discovered. And you know, thank God that someone found him because he probably would be dead otherwise, which is you know, horrible. Oh, yeah. Um but I don't know. I think I, mean, I think that's something that really like yeah. I think that's something that really put Chris Jenner, I think that may have sent her into a minor frenzy. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're like good Christian people, like quote unquote good mm-hmm. Christian people, you know, and I think that that just sort of like really threw them for a loop. Yeah, absolutely. I just I remember the day that that came out and I remember telling people who didn't know what was going on like, "Oh yeah, Lamar Odom is like probably going to die today." Oh my gosh, yes. I walked in, I, that was October, I think, right? I was in class, October, November. I was in class and <laughs> I walked in, I walked into my class and I was like, oh my God, Lam Lam. <laughs> I called him Lam Lam because I was like, this is really serious. I was like, I really yeah. think. And, I, and then, well, a huge thing that I think that a lot of people were questioning was are cameras going to be allowed like are they going to use are they going to is is their empire going to exploit this opportunity and you know i'm really glad that chloe said like no this is like a person that i care about who is possibly dying and i don't think we should exploit this um but i remember that being like a huge concern and something that a lot of people were worried about Mm -hmm. it was it was so grim there but it you know i have mixed feelings i don't feel particularly good about the fact that it looks like lamar is going to be on camera later this season 
Um, I kind of wonder who is signing his releases. I, yeah. He looks, based on the upcoming, uh, based on the preview for the upcoming episode where he supposedly is going to meet with Caitlyn for the first time, Lamar looks, what's the word that I'm looking for? He looks vacant when you look in his face, honestly. Um, it's a little yeah, scary. It, I mean, it could also be, I mean, that could be a variety of things, and I don't want to assume that he's incapacitated, but I'm concerned that he's so emotionally vulnerable right now and clearly, like, wants to be around and be with Chloe and her family that he may be compelled to sign a release for the sake of continuing to, you know, be part of that experience. That would be my concern. And I think, I don't know. I I do think Chloe loves him. I don't think they're together romantically. I feel weird about him appearing, making visual appearances on the show. Especially when, like, before all of this happened, we were only getting snippets of him on the phone, you know, when he was... So, I don't know. I I feel weird about it. We'll have to see, I guess, in the next few episodes. Um. Yeah. Yeah, there was... It was weird when they opened this episode, and um, Chloe was, like, playing ping pong with Kylie, I think, or something. Yes. And someone was like, oh, who do you play with, Lamar? is Lamar here? Like, they wanted to introduce that as normal very, very quickly. Yes. And it, and it, it, it felt very stilted. Yes. Because Lamar is not there. Why would they think Lamar was there when he had yet to be released from the hospital, you know? That was just for the right. benefit of the audience. For sure. And, like, that goes back to something that we were saying earlier about just, like, what's ha- like it's it's all of these different temporalities that we're dealing with when we watch this show right because there's no way that everything that happened in this episode was filmed even within the same week you know definitely not in the same day probably not within the same week and then here we are months later like i said i remember kim wearing that outfit i remember chloe in that outfit that's because i follow them on instagram and snapchat which are very you know immediate ways for me to access their inner lives and so now i'm watching this play out um especially now that they're all on snapchat now and i think now i'm watching this all play out after having witnessed something two months ago this it it produces like a very strange effect in me when i'm viewing it it's almost like i'm watching some sort of memory or some sort of dream that i've had but but I, but I didn't have a dream. I literally already saw it just through a different medium. And I think that's really important to think about when watching, you know, this episode and all of these episodes especially. Agreed. Really well said. So I think, you know, the, the narrative that they're setting up is Black China is a villain. The media is... A villain, an antagonistic force on the family. And they're going to put... They want to take control of the narratives they don't have control over, which is Scott. 
who's kind of a wild card right now, but also pretty good at towing the family line in general. Lamar, um, who could be another wild card. Um, Caitlin and setting Chris as the victim in that situation. And um, I'm trying to make us root for like Kylie and Tyga. There's, they're just trying to force these like <laughs> narratives upon these events that have already played out in the public eye, you know, for our consumption. And it's just so much backtracking at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to have to get really innovative in the next couple years. I don't know how many more seasons they have their contract for. I'm assuming they're going to take this at least through 15 seasons. Um, and then I'm sure Kylie will get her own show and Chris will get her own show. We're, we're, we're never going to... This is never going anywhere. Um, but keeping up, I think, I'm going to guess we'll get 15 and if they can't get more innovative and figure out a way to sort of just not have to deal with like this backtracking that they've had to deal that they've had to do or you know and and I don't think like I said when I said that I feel like this a lot of these episodes feel like I'm watching a memory or a dream I don't think that's a bad thing but I think that it's something that could get old very quickly and I think two, three seasons from now, if they don't figure out an innovative way to handle that, then they may, this show might not last past 15 seasons. Yeah. And I think the problem is they're, they need that, that gap of time in order to cobble together their stories. Because I mean, if you look at, um, keeping up with the continuity errors, which is, featured on Gawker, which puts together the timeline for when specific scenes were filmed, they're often taking things that were, that occurred a month apart and then putting them side by side. Um, so I think that that flexibility has allowed them to construct these really tight narratives that support kind of the family agenda. And I think that moving away from that could be a big risk for them. I think... With that being said, maybe we should talk about some of the, again, more recent things that have happened. Um, by recent, I mean this past Monday with the Met Gala. Yes. Yeah. Which will obviously be featured at some point on the series later. Oh, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I just, first of all, I feel like Kylie is wearing the same Balmain dress that she's worn for the past, like, year. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. None, none, of, none of them wore anything shocking or innovative, which is so stupid when you consider the fact that the theme was about technology. And like you said, they all should have been wearing wearable technology, and they really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. I hated Kanye's contacts. I okay. I, I could I was not into it. I could have lived with the contacts, but the jeans. He like matched his contacts to his jeans. That is so I think, much. Yeah, to me. I think that's what it was. So much because there was um uh, there was a period of a f 
a really brief period right around when the life of pablo came out when kim uploaded some photos of kanye with blue contacts and then yes, maybe I, I think a photo yeah a photo of north where her eyes had been edited to be that same shade of blue um and it was like kind of a neat aesthetic but the jeans just made it look so britney and justin early 2000s yes i I don't know. It was so high, bad. High budget, <laughs> low concept cosplay. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad, and it's like none of them. I mean, Kendall, I guess a little bit. I think Kendall looked the best out of all of them. Um, Absolutely. I think Kylie stole my look, and by my look, I mean I wear clear glasses, and she wore them. I saw her wearing them in her Snapchat after the par- after the gala. Um, Foolish. And I think that this isn't just a Kardashian thing. This was like most of the attendees just didn't take the thing oh, as far as they 100%. could. Oh, 100%. Meanwhile, last year, with the very Orientalist uh, theme that they had, people had no problems taking it way too far past the level of cultural, appropriate, cultural appropriation. And this time you have a theme where there's like very few ways you could go about like really doing something offensive yep. yet none, they all took this year as the year to play it safe i don't know i don't get it and that's not just the kardashians yeah. that's like literally Ugh. everyone who attended besides claire danes who looked amazing yes she looked the best i also didn't like kim's partially bleached brows she's done photo shoots with full bleached brows and i thought those were like fine in an editorial sense but the partially bleached brows look so wrong it doesn't look right nothing about last night was right no not at all (laughs) nothing was right well i think overall I think their outfits last night... I mean, I wouldn't hate Kim's dress as much if it was not for the partially bleached brows, but I have to put these outfits at a tie with Kim's, like, floral couch outfit from when she was pregnant. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know, I know. And then, like, Chris being the only one to wear black so that she stands out. I just... I don't know. She also looked very freshly, like, fillered up in the face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, that's something we didn't talk about. Like, I... this can That can be maybe next time, or I'm sure it's going to come up at some point later in the season. But the work that I think Chloe has gotten done recently... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Because I just realized, I was like, okay, Chloe... She looks great. Like, I I think she looks beautiful. Um, And obviously, they're all beautiful. But, like, she's, what, 31, 30, 31? And she, I think, has done a little too much with the face. She looks so different. They all do. She really does. Actually, Courtney looks the same. Courtney looks mostly the same, and I think... I honestly think that she was like, I have three kids, I'll get a little bit done, 
but what's the point, you know? And she's the oldest, and she spent the most time outside of this sort of frenzy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, right now, is in such good shape, and her jaw is so sharp. She's starting to get that, like, alien face look. But I think it's it doesn't look like mm-hmm. she's gotten, like, cheek implants or cheek fillers or anything like that. I think she just looks good right now. But Chloe is perhaps another story. I don't know. I think she took it a little too far. Yeah. I think Kim's face usually looks fine, but when she's pregnant, it doesn't mesh with what she's the work she's had done. No, and it's just like hormones and all this stuff. It's just like too much chemicals like all in your body and I'm like Yeah. Uh, but I mean, in in some way, that's so appropriate because they are <laughs> so constructed. I know. <laughs> anyway, you yeah. know that there's like I can't I can't imagine anybody else for whom this would work. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's talk about power rankings for this episode. Yeah. So at the bottom is obviously Scott. Poor guy. He's really not he's really not doing okay. Just drowning in a pool of his own desperation at this point. <laughs> Truly. I think after Scott is Kendall. And that's because yes. yeah. with the iPad incident, she seemed to really be getting a little bit uh, riled up and agitated about it. And that's because Kylie was orchestrating and using her. And so because of that, because she's allowed herself to be used as a prop in this sort of uh, sibling, I don't even know, not rivalry, but, you know, argument or whatever, I think that puts her a little bit closer to the bottom of the ranking this week. Agreed. And then we have Court, who is maybe not making true power moves in this episode, but she's also not letting herself be become her 18 year old sister's pawn you know she has true. that going for her that's true and i think you know by sort of shuffling scott off to the side that's maybe a bit of a power move on her part it is it is i agree although her being nervous about ellen I don't know if that was supposed to make her appear more relatable, but that did put her in a position to be told by Kylie how to act on Ellen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And Chris, like, momager level on 10 in that whole scene. And Jen, At- Jen Atkin and Joy Spinelli, shout out to Jen Atkin hair and Joy Spinelli <laughs> for providing the hair and makeup and also for literally appearing in this episode, which I never realized that they did before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've seen a little bit of Joyce in the background before. I'm a fan of Jen. Yeah, I think she's good. I want to see cool. I want to see Kim's assistant become more of a character. Mm, yeah. Steph. Because we've got, like, Malika and all of them, and yeah. I think it would be right. It would be right. We'll see, though. We'll see. Also, I think, speaking of Kim's assistant, that puts Kim right after court because, I don't know, she wasn't really in this episode besides the very beginning, and she just kind of was like, I have two kids and my life is hard, you know? 
Yeah. She's just putting some cabbage in her bra. She's just living her life, <laughs> you know. And that's a yeah, power she's, move. She's, she's not. In the she's not. Yeah, she's not embroiled in drama, which in this family is in and of itself a power move. Exactly. Speaking of embroiled, <laughs> speaking of embroiled in drama. Oh, Chris. So we had previously in season eleven, Chris kept coming up at the bottom, which I think was hard because it, it semi came from a place of like dislike for Chris. But also sometimes she looks so bad. She like lets herself look kind of like defensive in the show, but then I feel like there is almost always a moment in the show where whoever is like feuding or has a disagreement with Kim or Chris will do a talking heads where they say, oh, you know what? My mom was right all along. And we had that moment in this episode with um, Chloe and Chris. They were actually in the kitchen at Lamar's house and Chloe was like, oh, we're so verbally abusive to you. We should stop. We really appreciate everything you do. That moment was brought to you by Chris Jenner as an executive producer of this show. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, she totally set up, I mean, that whole situation where they're at dinner. Chloe calls her Cruella. Chris takes that as an opportunity to go off on each and every one of her oh, kids. Yeah. They're all, you know, mad that she's funding Rob's new apartment or house or whatever. Um and that totally was that was all orchestrated by our you know executive producer chris jenner chris jenner and ryan seacrest coming in above chris jenner kylie jenner kylie she really acted like she knew all about going on ellen degeneres she was like i don't dance on ellen i don't even remember what i said but i don't dance like okay plus you know power move for for poking and prodding at kendall and rob and china and all of that yeah starting that shit up and somehow not coming off as the petty one that is a smart move that's so smart she was very removed i'd like to see some more of jordan and harry this season as well yes we'll see where this goes and coming out on top Number one, Chloe Kardashian. Chloe Money. Shout out to Lumi for um, allowing Chloe to FaceTime her mom in the car with her Lumi case on, just in <laughs> case. Like, I don't know what that was for, but shout out to Lumi. I've never used those cases before. Me either, but you I, know what? I don't want to. Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it softens the features, if it softens the features, I mean, Chloe's not on top. Like, she's got a book out. She's sort of in control of this Lamar situation. She gets in a fight with her mom, then makes up with her mom. Gets in a fight with Caitlyn, which I'm sure will be resolved at some point. Um, well, and then makes her mom deal with it. That's probably the true power move here. That's like, you know, really, yeah, that's like something that I think, and you know, I think that's something that like the younger kids like know how to do. Um, and like she was, mm-hmm. you know, for a while it was just like the three of them and then Rob and she and Rob are kind of like the younger Kardashians. And I think that's probably a strategy that she has implemented for decades. 
yeah yeah and she has enough clout in this episode i think from being (laughs) the sexy one kind of filling that kim role that everyone's willing to roll over and just say oh chloe is so stressed not that she shouldn't be stressed but like usually people do that for kim usually kim is at the top of this list for sure but it's chloe now she's the new hot one she's at the top it's chloe now chloe is the new hot one and she really is her body's a hundred and a hundred emoji in this episode and i'm only saying that for like the 50th time because they brought it up so many (gasps) times this episode well we'll see how this list adjusts during the season i wouldn't be surprised if kim ends up back up top as soon as she's really feeling her post baby body Oh, yeah. I think uh, once we get the uh, Pablo release and we get some more North and Saint footage, um, I think Kim will, be, Kim will be back on top, especially after they go to Colorado. They went to Vail. Oh, that's so right? true. Yeah. That's going to be our big that's going to be our big vacation arc this season, um, You're so which right. I'm very excited for very excited for that i think uh once i think once we get through all of that kim will come out on top in the end yeah as as it should be all things considered all right so again my name is ashley brant and you can listen to me on a couple of other podcasts including twin peaks peaks which is kind of wrapping up we just covered fire walk with me And we are going to take a hiatus until season three. You can also listen to me talk about um, true stories and media about true stories on Pulp, where we are going to be covering W as well as Recount, so covering the 2000 election and uh, the repercussions thereafter. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. My account is locked right now, but just send me a follow request. And I am Brooke Marine. I hope I did a good enough job this episode trying to uh, reassociate myself with the Kardashians, but feel free to follow me on Twitter at BRKMRN or Instagram. And my Snapchat is BMarine. And this has been The K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude.